Lenny Riefenstahl and uh, fucking Frank Capper shit. Who the fuck else is doing that on here? That's what we're doing, bitches. Gentlemen, welcome to the film Find the Greatest Movie Podcast Ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, I'm your host, Adam Fortress, and we are back for week number three in a row. I almost I can't even believe it. And I'm back here, as always, with Matt Smith. What's up? Oh yeah, you loving this dubstep remix of the Mockingjay? I mean, the internet just yeah. gives you is whatever you want. Because, oh, hold uh, on, I gotta learn how to turn this foot down because this is horrible. Hold on. <laughs> Go ahead. You really should get um, like a video stream up for portions of this show because uh, I was dancing my ass off. We're gonna we got some glow sticks up in here. You don't even I know was, what's going on. I put on the strobes, uh, fucking okay. face paint. We got that fancy Good. little walking that you do with you moving your feet and all. I don't. You can clearly see I have <laughs> no nothing about the fucking dubstep scene or anything like that. It's okay, we're old. Yeah, we're old people, so it doesn't fucking matter to us anymore. Oh. Uh, but yeah, we're here to, uh, we're back yet again, and uh, this is our, uh, our a big release here, uh, The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. Uh, taking that last book, chopping it up into two, as Hollywood is wont to do, because you got to make them Benjamins, yo. Yeah, need need to keep those tent poles uh, for as long as you can. Yeah. Otherwise, you get uh, John Carter. <laughs> and you, uh, yeah, well, I mean, look, you know, in this movie's defense, uh, you know, uh, what, what's his face? Uh, Taylor Kitsch. What was that cat's name? The what, guy what, in John uh, Carter? Uh, yeah, that was him. Is that, yeah, yeah, Taylor Kitsch. Uh, box office poison, Taylor Kitsch. Oh, was, yeah. Well, also, though, uh, John Carter wasn't that bad. Yeah, yeah, I hear. That's I hear a, it was. That's bad. a thing that, uh, that I, I will stand proudly by. John Carter was actually a solid, uh, mediocre movie they fucked up the marketing in that movie that's what that really comes down to it's like first of all you took the of mars out of the name it's called well what i mean john carter is a local news anchor around here i mean that's not even a joke that's the truth (laughs) john carter is an anchor for channel three news i used to work with the guy well by that standard (laughs) fucking amazing movie i would have liked to see him been in that because he's a nice fella he really okay um uh, so we're reviewing the Hunger Games today, so that's the big thing. We're going to do a little bit of what you've been watching and uh, kind of delve into some of that. So uh, let's go ahead and start there. Matt, what you've been watching, man? A whole lot. Um, yeah, you. Uh, I this, saw a list you had today. Like this week was like he's like here's yeah, what I'm going to watch this, this week. And I'm like, oh was shit. My, was my first respite. Uh, we're on fall break uh, this whole week, so this weekend uh, was the first time I'd had to sit down with several new things. Uh, I'll run through a couple of uh, very brief opinions before getting to the two that I actually want to talk about. Um, Saw Camp X-Ray. This was uh, the movie with um, Kristen Stewart about Guantanamo Bay. Um, Mediocre movie. She's terrific. 
Uh, I've always liked her as an actress. Um, I think she gets bagged on for having been in Twilight. Yeah. Um, but she's very solid. Um, the movie, however, uh, very schmaltzy and not very good, other than watching her and the other lead, uh, I believe you pronounce his name, Paimon Mayadi. Um, uh, they're terrific. Watch them go at it. Uh, it's not a bad hour and a half worth of your day. Um, also watch VHS Viral, the latest installment in that franchise. Um, I actually really liked some of the shorts. Uh, the wraparound, as usual, was uh, Sucky. not, yeah, it was crap. Uh, but who cares? Um, the shorts themselves actually were a better quality than, I, than like the last one, and uh, that was good for me. Any uh, standouts? Um, who was kind of the who, who? Who's kind of directing? Who are the big ones? Uh, so, so the biggest one is Spanish director, and I f- forgot his name. It's Nacho Vigalondo. Vigalondo, that's right. Uh, he, uh, his, his um, uh, kind of interdimensional um, alternate reality uh, story was the standout, uh, and I'm not going to say anything other than that. Okay. Um, uh, I also watched. Um, Nightcrawler, yes. fucking awesome. Uh, Gyllenhaal, amazing, and uh, kind of the opposite of uh, the the Camp X-ray problem, where you had like a mediocre movie that was buoyed by really terrific performances. Here, you had a really terrific por- performance that was kind of hiding a really great movie, um, like aside from the performance. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's dark and funny and. Uh, you know, darker, I, I would say, than even uh, what Wolf of Wall Street was was able to accomplish um, dealing with, like, assholes uh, and borderline psychopaths and their greed, right? Great double uh, feature. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, to get to get back to the to the big two that I want to talk about, um, probably the best thing that I've seen recently, uh, was I finally got around to seeing David Michaud's uh, new feature. Um, this was the guy who directed Animal Kingdom a couple years back, the mm-hmm. Australian uh, gangster family flick. Um, he came back out this year. It came out in the summer, but I didn't get a chance to go see it. Finally picked it up on Blu-ray. Uh, the Rover with Guy Pierce and Robert Pattinson. Um, flat out fantastic. Hmm. Um I, I wish I could say a lot more about it, but uh, what I do like is it's a very quiet, um, yet somehow also very violent movie. It's very, uh, very much in the style of, of a Cormac McCarthy novel or a Nick Cave murder ballad. Um, it's uh, really riveting, actually. Hmm. Um, Robert Pattinson is great. Uh, Guy Pierce is even greater. Uh, this movie is my must-see. For, for anyone who's looking for a quick rental uh, from Redbox or, or anything like that. The Rover is quite good. The um, okay. Then I'm going to come out with probably an unpopular opinion on the next movie uh, <laughs> that I want to talk about, and I'll tell you why I'm, I'm going to be down on it a little bit. Bring it. <laughs> Saw Birdman. Okay. Uh, this was, uh, we've discussed, right, the Inurito film. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing. It's not bad. Uh, I did not personally care much for it. I got really, really bored by um, the the unbroken edit style of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like that trick was used up really quickly, and I just became 
uh, bored by it. I was like, oh, this is what the movie is. And of course it was. Um, I have to say, aside from the performances, all of which were great, right? Uh, all of the supporting cast, Keaton in particular, um, flat out fantastic. But uh, the movie itself did not have what I felt was the strongest grasp of its own identity. Um, it was very similar to, um, to a couple of other movies uh, that have kind of dealt with this same subject. Uh, probably most directly, in my mind, the underrated uh, JCVD from a couple years back, okay. um, which, which starred Jean-Claude Van Damme of course, uh, and was kind of a meditation on his own star persona. Um, and even down to, uh, there's a, a shot directly lifted from that movie um, where uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme is um, kind of in front of the camera and then it magically just takes off into the rafters with him delivering a monologue. Here, uh, Keaton walks right up to the camera and then the camera along with him, lifts off into the sky during one moment. Um, while, while, of course, a similar uh, style of uh, soliloquy or monologue is being delivered. Um, I honestly just, uh, I was underwhelmed by it. It, it was not, uh, I don't think it was the hype machine part of, of how good this movie is. I've always been uh, hit or miss with Inuritu. Um, yeah. Here, I just felt like, it was a half-baked idea that was much more about um, or much better pulled off by a handful of other movies. Uh, and that, and that's where I, I stand on that. Uh, people, of course, disagree, right? It's sitting at like 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, um, which is an amazing, astounding rating. Yeah. Um, but I just, I don't know. I, I don't think I'll care to watch it again. I can see that. I mean, uh, like I, I can see definitely all those arguments in there for sure. Um, I think a bit of it for me was uh, because I, I don't, uh, you know, hold uh, Inuritu in such a high regard. I mean, like Babel, like made me angry. It, I, I thought it was that bad. Um, so I, 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 you know, I, I guess it was something coming from him, and uh, it, it worked for me. But I can definitely see, I can definitely see that, especially you know, JCVD. JCVD wasn't as fun to me, though. That's, no, I just I mean, think that it was, uh, it was more interesting to me that movie and what it was able to do with Jean Claude Van Damme in uh, his star persona than what this movie had in the bank for Michael Keaton. Well, I mean, I can see that, but at the same time, here's, here's where I think JCVD had like kind of like the good advantage going towards it in, in that particular um, aspect. Because number one, uh, it was about him. So, I mean, he played himself, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and let's be frank, um, not known for the best of roles, Jean-Claude Van Damme. No, which Not, is why I think that movie works. Exactly, uh, exactly. Which more. is why that movie Here, works. But I think with Keaton, it. though, it's not—he's not playing himself, but he's done enough things. So I think the 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 shock of JCVD going, "Holy shit, Van Damme is really doing something here that we've never really yeah. seen him doing before." Is I mean, it, it, as far as that goes, a more powerful you know thing to you, and I, I can definitely see that. Yeah, I think so. Also, here's the other thing. Uh, so so there's the JCVD comparison. And then there's the uh, two very recent Darren Aronofsky films comparison. 
okay. which which also deal with uh, these performers who are trying to be legitimized in some way, um, who are concerned about their legacies or their careers, and who have this very long narrative arc where they're mentally anguished and tortured, right? I'm talking, of course, about Black Swan and The Wrestler. Um and honestly, up until uh, the last five minutes of this movie, where um, where uh, like it takes place in a hospital, uh, the movie ends on the exact same note, right? A pan up to lights that are shining directly into the camera, and it fades out, right? After uh, something tragic happens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, uh, this movie is nowhere near as good as either of those films. Uh, and that combined with the JCVD uh, comparison, it was just too much that I had seen done better in other contexts, not just in the G- JCVD context, but also in the um, performer's legitimated existence, comeback story kind of thing. Right. And and, and I agree. I, 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 too, enjoy I mean, I'm a huge Aronofsky fan all over, so... Um, uh, and I, I, I definitely, I mean, I can completely see that. I, I still, I don't know that it took away from my enjoyment of this film, but I, I could definitely see. I mean, you talk about a fantastic triple feature right there. So yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. But they're also very. The but they're bad. also very. Those that, two are also I, very. It's like every single one of those is all very, very differently from the last one, though. I mean, the, thematically for sure, but as far as like tonally, uh, like from a tonality standpoint, they're all very different. Uh, and I, I, I and I, mean, I, love... I think so. But here's here's the thing. Here's the here's the real thing that it boils down to. While I'm watching Birdman, or while I was watching Birdman, uh, I could not help but think of these other movies, and that became an issue. Okay, it was not enough of its own thing for me, and, and so I just stopped caring. Right, like like it's not only that, but it also is. Oh yeah, this is the one visual trick. Uh, that's going on is is that it's doing all of these elliptical edits, but we're not noticing because it's masking all of them and making see, us think like it's one long take. See, to me, that's not like I mean, that's not really like I and while while an interesting aspect of it, that's not what really did it for me as much as that because what I loved about the you know the kind of stitched one take uh, you know sort of feel is that this is a movie that is about plays plays are all done uncut unseen and so it's one giant thing there so and this this is how these performers were actually having to go through and give their performance for each one of these particular scenes now those scenes in and of themselves are broken up between stitched edits that's easy enough to tell most of the time you can probably go there's the edit there's the edit there's the edit super simple like that but the performances that are given within in this space, I, I think are absolutely fantastic, and I and I think the dramatic camera moves during said scenes are what really kind of puts that into play and makes that a masterful thing. And it's not kind of the and I'm not shitting on them for it, but like it's not the Kevin Smith two shot where we just place the camera and there we in the scene unfolds mm-hmm. from here. We're bringing this around. It's dynamic enough to really keep us uh, going and to keep us interested enough even though we're not getting coverage or anything else like that. And for, you know, for being what it was about and and being shown as a movie, how, you know, being shown as a theatrical film, much as the same it would be seen as a, you know, as a play, if a play could have, you know, so many X, many different locations and all this kind of jive. Mm -hmm. um, I I found, like, a really interesting experiment, much 
less about the actual edit itself, but kind of what becomes in between those. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, well, yeah. It was too on the nose, that part of it, too, right? Like, he even says, like, oh, yeah, I feel like this is becoming a microcosm of my own existence. And it's like, yeah, it was a microcosm of Natalie Portman's existence in Black Swan, too, but she didn't fucking comment on it. (laughs) She didn't have a voiceover. (laughs) Right. So that's a that's a problem with the screenplay for me. I like I like Black Swan more as an awesome body horror film. That's my that's my. But it take. it's all of that stuff. Though. Yeah, that's true. Now speaking of movies that it seems everybody likes, now we're gonna get into what I've been watching. Now I've watched a couple of movies uh, for for here movie podcast, which is coming up uh, soon. We got some real uh, we got a real. Uh, Interesting pair of films. Number one, uh, you know, coming up the next week. For, this week we dropped uh, our last review of uh, The Flash, the first five episodes of The Flash. Uh, we mostly enjoyed that. Uh, so here at moviepodcast.com. But uh, next week we're going to be covering uh, Doctor Strange, the made-for-TV movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Um, that's an interesting. You'll you'll have to hear about that take. That's fun. And uh, watched uh, Wanted as well. That'll be our next one after that. Um Good stuff. I like I like those. I, I like that movie. Um, but, uh, but the main thing that I watched this week, uh, other than our new release review, um, I watched Citizen Four, the new uh, Laura, Laura Portress documentary. Not to be confused with Laura Portress, my wife. A uh, <laughs> little slightly different spelling. You take out a letter and you move some stuff around. Um, but um, so she uh, she kind of got uh, her and Glenn Greenwald got uh, access to Edward Snowden. Uh, supposedly, and I'm going to cover this in a second. Supposedly, back before um, you know, he kind of leaked all his information out and stuff like that. And uh, so, a little. The reason I say that is because there's a there's a moment in this film that um, I don't know. Maybe, and, and it's probably a screw up. It, I'm I'm willing to go out on the line and say, you know, maybe I heard wrong. Oh, the mic's fucking up. There we go. Um, I, maybe I heard it wrong, but there's a point in here where Snowden's watching TV. They go through and they mention a couple things, and they mention about him. And they also mention, you know, Boston, which, of course, would be referring to. They don't say it all outright, but, you know, it basically is referring to the Boston bombing, of mm-hmm. which at that time we had known Edward Snowden's name for a long time. Therefore, it doesn't seem doesn't seem like this adds up to me for being shot for when it was supposedly actually being shot. There's a lot in it that's just kind of like, I mean, I don't know. But besides, besides all that kind of stuff, the real important thing is this movie is fucking boring. You have a... (laughs) It's boring as all shit. This is a very, very interesting subject. And I'm not saying you gotta put... You gotta over-sex it up or anything, but you gotta give it a little something. This movie is bored me to fucking tears. It It is an insanely boring film about an insanely interesting topic. And... It's just, it's done with no flair, no style, no nothing. I mean, this makes Michael Moore look like, you know, Michael Moore times a million. Michael Moore, whether or not you believe, whether or not, you know, you fall into ideological, you know, congruence with whatever he's giving you, he entertains you. This is not entertaining at all in the least bit. It's it's boring. Um it just it doesn't it doesn't ring true or anything. It likes it wants to make you know Poitras and Greenwald out to be like fucking spies. These two fancy themselves to be like international agents and shit. And it it just it comes off as self-aggrandizing to them and like look at how great we are. This yeah. Snowden doesn't like. I mean I you know I agree with some of the shit that he did and stuff, but at the most part it's just like 
you don't you don't feel anything for the guy. He's he's as milk toast as you can possibly get. He's not an interesting interview. They don't ask him any fucking questions. They just let him do whatever he's going to do, and it's boring. God damn it, this movie's boring. It's well, at me, like ninety seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's boring as shit. Let me let me provide a corrective for that then. Uh, back in uh, May's issue of Vanity Fair, mm-hmm. there's a very amazing in-depth report on Edward Snowden uh, by, um, hold on, I'm going to bring it up, uh, by Brian Burroughs, Susanna Andrews, and Sarah Ellison. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, one of the most in-depth uh, short pieces I've read uh, about Snowden. And... Um, I, I would recommend that. Yeah. Uh, here, here's the problem. Uh, I've, I've not seen the movie, uh, mostly because I, like, I have mixed feelings about Greenwald in general. Yeah. Uh, I think same. Um, I think that he's a very uh, like important voice to be out there, but uh, he is also the most self-serving sack of shit sometimes. Ding. Uh, that I I just cannot stand him and and it's kind of like that moment when I realize that Rand Paul says one sentence that makes fucking sense and I have to be like God damn it you know <laughs> yeah I have that relationship with Glenn Greenwald except that I agree with it all the fucking right like he's a, he's a lefty liberal he's he's constantly down on the NSA and the spying and he lives in fucking uh, Colombia or some shit right. Um, He's he's totally against like all the fucked up things that we would want to be fucked up. Mm-hmm. But he goes about it in such a way that it's all just like, I'm fucking right because I'm Glenn Greenwald and, yeah. uh, you know, get go down on me and publish my pieces. And I'm just fucking over it. No. So I'm not even going to go see the movie. Um, it's not worth it. Honestly. honestly, it's not worth anyone's time. I think most people, when this comes out on Netflix, and and which it will, and fairly soon, I'm I'm sure, because it's it's fucking nothing. Um, you're gonna fall asleep during it. You're gonna fall asleep during it because it's boring as snot. It's just like I can't believe you have something this interesting, and like and these reviews are insane. They're comparing it just like it's like a real life Three Days of the Condor. It's like go fuck yourself. Captain America was more Three Days of the Condor than this piece of shit. It was yeah, it's and boring. it was actually about something yeah, and it was and, and interesting. Exactly. I mean, you, they took they, they took the ideas for what what this movie's kind of you know about and made it interesting. Yeah. Which is what Three Days of the Fucking Condor did, by the way. Yeah. You know, like like that movie took shit that was happening in the 70s and made it interesting just because that's how people have to be. Like, you can't just you can't just make a documentary and release it out there. You have to give people a fucking in. And uh, I don't. Glenn Greenwald, uh, who I know did not make the documentary, right, but I know is featured prominently because he was oh, yeah. one of the points of contact for Snowden, right? Mm-hmm. Um, He's pretty he much, is, other than Snowden, he is the face of this. Yeah, and they go off not, to do a thing with his, you know. He's not a, like, personable dude. Like, <laughs> like, I really, he grates on you. He doesn't really give you a solid way into what he's talking about. He's also, he himself is very boring as well. Uh, just like listening to him talk about stuff. So I can't imagine that the film would, would benefit in any way whatsoever from his presence. Um, can I, can I make a suggestion since we've just bagged on this documentary and, and because you mentioned documentaries that show up quickly on Netflix. Mm -hmm. um, If, if people have not seen 
um, The Square, which came out last year, uh, which is about the 2011 uh, revolution in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Uh, check that out. It's fucking awesome. Okay, cool. And th- there you go. There's a documentary suggestion. Because we don't talk about documentaries enough, although I watch a lot of them. Uh, and I think you do a fair amount of watching as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and and I, I feel bad, like the one that we've talked about, uh, at least in the, in the few episodes we've been back, but definitely uh, as far back as I can remember. Um, I feel bad that we've just bagged on one of the only... <laughs> Only documentaries we've ever talked about. Well, no, I mean, we look uh, back in the day. If you go back in the old uh, film find archives here, uh, we uh, we reviewed Ban- uh, Laura and I reviewed Band of Death, fantastic yes. d- documentary. Uh, what's it called? Adjust your tracking, great VHS documentary. Oh yeah, uh, you know, so we've got a couple, like, <laughs> but yeah, saying, like, of recent for sure. Recently, go and watch the Square. It's good. I'll, I'll stamp that one. Okay, cool deal. All right, so uh, let's, in that case, let's jump into our new release review of this week. Here is the uh, trailer for The Hunger Games. Listen to me. No one else can do this but her. She won't be able to handle it. The games destroyed her. We need to unite these people out there. She's the face of this rebellion. They'll follow her. Any association with the Mockingjay symbol is forbidden. Are you fighting Katniss? Are you here to fight with us? I am. I will. All right, that was the trailer for The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1, our new release review of this week. Uh, directed by Francis Lawrence, starring, of course, Jennifer Lawrence. No relation, I'm fairly sure. No. Uh, Josh Hutchinson, uh, Liam Hensworth, Woody Harrelson, Donald Sutherland. This is a whole big cast here, so hold on to your pants. Philip Seymour Hoffman, Julianne Moore, uh, Willow Shields, uh, Elizabeth uh, Shue, uh, not uh, Banks, rather, excuse me. Elizabeth Shue would be interesting in this movie, though. <laughs> Jeffrey Wright, i got to scroll through all this crap. Stanley Tucci, there's a whole shitload of people in here you, you've you've seen the film if you're yeah, if you're you listening know, to this you know, you've you seen it all. or you know who's in that you don't you're not stupid uh imdb plot summary as we know imdb always 100 right 100 correct every single time when katniss destroys the game she goes to district 13 after district 12 is destroyed she meets president uh coin who convinces her to be the symbol of the of rebellion while trying to save PETA from the capital I tell you what, IMDb getting a little bit better. Maybe yeah. it's old movies that they really suck at. Well, it's you know they have employees to put new ones in. Yeah, they're finally starting to pay somebody to <laughs> get a little bit on this. Um, before we get started on this one, let's um, let's talk about just briefly where we've kind of come from from here and what your um, thoughts of this series are as a whole. Uh, where, where did well, you come I, before this movie? Well, How what were your books. thoughts? which I know is uh, probably atypical for most males of my age. Indeed. Um, but, you know, my, my sisters uh, were reading it uh, while they were still in high school, and, um, you know, they neither one of them really liked reading that much, uh, at least at that time, right? I feel you, girls. Um, and, and so uh, kind of encouraging, I read the first book with them. And um, uh, I don't know, it was, it was well-written. 
uh, I enjoyed it. So I saw the movie when it came out, the the first film. And uh, I, I actually really like the movies a uh, fair amount. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I think they're solid adaptations of the source material. They've got uh, sprawling casts who all do really good jobs. Uh, they're engaging stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think the film franchise falters in this this film, in, in this Mockingjay part, part 1. And, and it has to do, for me, with the decision to split it into two movies. Okay. Um, when I first started this, um, I, you know, obviously for people that, you know, uh, like genre stuff as well, you couldn't see the first Hunger Games movie and not think Battle Royale. Pretty difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, this, and thankfully once number two came along, which I, I liked the part one enough, but it did seem like a PG-13 poor man's Battle Royale for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, part two came along and added some substance to it, which I kind of liked. So it was just like, okay, well, it's not just this one thing. There's a larger whole... Uh, to it overall, and uh, I kind of dug it. Um, while I rewatched it again before coming out to uh, see uh, number th- uh, three here in the series, and um, it didn't hold up quite as well for me uh, the second time around because I hadn't seen it since the theater. But I was like, well, let's go ahead and revisit this so I can kind of remember where we were and everything. Didn't hold up quite as well for me the second time, uh, which then leads us to to this time. But, you know, so overall, I got to say uh, I had a fairly decent feeling for the most part. But uh, let, let's get into into this one. So as we saw at the end of um, of catch, Catching Fire, uh, you know, Katniss, uh, the whole kind of uh, the big 75th Hunger Games goes awry, and mm-hmm. uh, she shoots her big arrow into the uh, little stratosphere thing there, the little uh, dome that's going on, shatters that. Everybody the Truman in, Show dome. Yeah, the Truman Show dome, exactly. And uh, so all the Pan, Pan Am's just goes, oh, shit, this is, it's going down, boy. And um, so she was kind of hoisted out of there, and then we learned that Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, who was, uh, you know, at the game designer and everything, who kind of abruptly leaves, uh, is uh, actually part of this revolution type thing, and she is, you know, the person that we're going to have here to, uh, you know, lead us into this revolution, and Hamish is there and everything, uh, Woody Harrelson's character. Uh, So they kind of bring her out, and it's a very Empire Strikes Back kind of ending. It's just kind of like, oh, shit, boom, and credits. Uh, And it's pretty cool that way. Um... So this brings us here, and, uh, you know, we're in a, uh, you know, District 13, which everyone thought was blown off the face of the planet. Turns out that actually exists, and uh, it's kind of more of an underground sort of subterranean level sort of thing going on. And uh, while Katniss has been, you know, out in, uh, you know, Cuckoo Land or whatever, um, District 12, her home has been shot up, put to rubble, millions upon millions of people killed. They got some people out evacuated, including Gail, her boyfriend, or who knows what he is at this point. Um, the Capitol has PETA, and we're kind of at that point right there. What did you say that's about, right? That's that's uh, Fairly like the a very thorough plot description i usually leave this to this kind of stuff to bruce on here movie podcast so the fact that i can do it here is a little bit astounding to me i haven't had any drinks tonight so i think that probably helps no, a little that bit was, that was uh, spot, spot on but um so with this what were, okay so let's let's start with overall thoughts what were your overall thoughts of this movie uh man i'm gonna miss uh PC, psh yeah that's that's my overall thought uh no um, I mean, of, of course I am, right? Like, uh, I'm glad that there are still uh, one or two performances out there that I haven't seen from him. Uh, of course, uh, like the end of this series is one of them coming next year. Um, 
I, I did not think that the the movie was padded uh, like a lot of these splitted uh, split movies tend to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did think that there was a lot of stuff that, uh, as someone who's read the book, I didn't mind that it was in there, but it could have been cut. Right. Um, and which leads me to the to the biggest problem I have is is that I will never watch this movie uh, by itself again. Oh no, it's uh, it's it doesn't flow right. There's not a complete uh, beginning, middle, end of this story arc, right? Uh, something that uh, even though he get he's gotten a lot of flack for having split the film up in this way, uh, this is something that Peter Jackson does with The Hobbit very very well. He builds in uh, beginning, middles, and ends of those films uh, extremely well. Mm-hmm. Here. Uh, even unlike the last Harry Potter movies, this movie does not have a cohesive story arc to it. It ends kind of in the middle. I mean, arguably, arguably the story arc is them rescuing PETA, but that's really not even what the movie focuses very much of its energy on. Most of the energy is focused on setting up the revolution storyline the overthrow of Pan Am, and the ultimate confrontation between Katniss and the Capitol, right? right? That's what this movie sets up. It does not get to almost any of that. Yeah. Um, and and it, it, for that reason, uh, I don't, I can't say that I really liked it a whole lot. It, it's good, and I, I was entertained, and there's some really good uh, action set pieces in it. Um, which is terrific because really nothing actually happens until uh, the end of the series, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, there's not a Hunger Games that's happening to keep our interest action-wise going. True. Um, so, so it was good that they had some sequences that were really well done. Um, but that, that's kind of my overall feeling, is, is it's, it's half of a whole, and I would have rather just had the whole, uh, even if it meant... Um, them sacrificing money, which I know they would never do because, you know, they're going to make billions off of the next one, too. Um, but even if it meant them sacrificing that or me sacrificing the chance to go and see one more of these, right? Uh, like, I would rather just not see one more and get, uh, like, a three-hour version of yeah. the full thing instead of just an hour and 50-ish minutes or so of half a movie yeah the two things and and you're right as as part of the structure and stuff i mean when this thing starts it's it doesn't start at the beginning it starts like you know more than mid stride mm-hmm. i mean if you don't know jack squat about those last films ts yeah because you're, yeah, you're yeah, done yeah. it's it's just like here you are this is where we are now i mean even the harry potter stuff has like there's a little bit of kind of i don't want to say it's not it's not a recap per se, but you kind of get a reintroduction to everything. I mean, I, I like to think of it as like, you know, kind of the Marvel, uh, you know, thing back in the day, which is like every comic is somebody's first comic. So mm-hmm. you have to kind of reintroduce everything in here and let people know what's kind of going on. You don't tell the origin story again, per se, but you're like, hey, here's a little bit of the ground rules, just so we all kind of are on the same page and we know what's what, just in case you didn't happen to hit stop, pop out that Blu-ray, pop in the next one, and go right away. Right. There's none of that. And... um 
And I really, uh, we'll, we'll get to it in a minute, but I mean, I think, you know, and, and by the way, uh, I'm sure if you're, li- if you've listened this far, you've, you've seen the movie. So do, do know we're going to spoil the crap out of this movie all over. Um, but I think the biggest problem is that like, I, to me, the most baller ending would have been, you know, after they find Pete at everything, she, he goes, I thought that was such a great turn and look at his face and everything. And then he goes and starts choking her. If he would have mm-hmm. been on the ground choking her and you cut to black, talk about a baller ass move, dude. You yeah, were boom. It goes a that, little too far. That's and then it dropping the that mic. as the ending. Right? Exactly. That would have been like, that had been a mic drop to let people know, oh, shit. At that point, I was like, because when they hit black, I was just like, dude, if the fucking credits come up, I'm going to be like, hells yes. I want to see the second one right now. They didn't do that. They gave us a coda, which it was weak. It was interesting, but weak. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, I, it's not. It's not nearly as powerful an ending point either, either. Right? Like, if you're not going to go with the coherent story arc movement thing of what's going on, if that's if that's what your story arc is going to be, you really need to just like fucking be done with it. At and, that moment, and think of it as think of it from from a story standpoint. I mean, let's just say that is the end. Him, you know, on the ground, you know, trying to kill her is the end. And then when you pop up for for the next movie, you know, your coda scene now becomes you know a, an epilogue scene. That's right, usage, right? Okay, <laughs> I'm horrible with these things. Yeah. Um, so it becomes that, and then all of a sudden, this is how you introduce. Think, now think about how cool it would have been. You open up movie number two. Uh, you know, with with you know, you can ha- you could actually show that scene again, him mm-hmm. turning around and then choking her, cut to black, and you come up and then he's in you know the bed there writhing l- back and forth. Would have been so much more interesting and a very cool way to open number two. Yeah, I mean, I thought I was just I'm like really this is you should really have parsed this out better. But I don't know if that was a studio note. I don't know if it was a director note, but it was it it felt. It felt like it was trying to serve an audience that just wanted, oddly enough, a false wrap up that really truly didn't wrap up anything. I'd rather yeah, have you just so. cut it off at the at the at the knee. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think that's uh, completely right on. Uh, it it serves it serves as too much closure to what they were going for. Um, it gives it nicely delineates like and sets up like we're not going to have to deal with any of this really in the next movie, which I'm sure was a decision they made. Um, like, yeah, we got Peter back. This is reestablished. We know why he's crazy. We, we can kind of just address it and move on kind of a move, but, uh, it doesn't have nearly the impact No, at all. No, they, they kind of neutered at that point. Now I got to say this, I think for, um, as big a movie as this is, and I don't know what the budget is. I didn't, I didn't pull it up. But I think this is the smallest big movie we have of the year. Yeah, probably. This movie is like I'm sure the budget was fairly decently huge, but mm-hmm. there's... oh, it's it's definitely Lionsgate's biggest expenditure. Oh, for sure. Right. Um, but there's this movie doesn't take place in a lot of places. There's not a lot to this movie. There's not a lot of. I mean. You know, the most stuff is there's a big action scene outside when they go to the 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 hospital uh, mm-hmm. thing there, and you know there's a bit of action that happens there. Three fourths of that's just CGI. Yeah. Um, it's, they don't it's really very do economically a lot. made. Oh, for um, sure. So I'm wondering. I'm like, and where it did looks the, great, actually. 
it does. It looks good. It it does look good. They did their their time for what they did. I always love seeing the Marriott in there. Uh, that's fun <laughs> because if you've been to the Marriott Marquis, there you can you know what the elevator looks like in the inside, and always find that fun. I don't know why it's just so fucking silly, but it's just like hey, I know I've been on that elevator. Um, but yeah, it, it's so small. It seems so small to me for something that had such an epic, uh, giant scale and uh, world uh, repercussions and everything. Um, I don't, I didn't get a feeling of what Pan Am was outside of District 13 for the most part. Yeah, I think that's going to come in the second film. It uh, would have been nice to at least hint at it. At least give me an idea that there's someone else out It started to, there. right? Like, there's the, the end sequence where they finally make their way into the city. They shut down power, all that stuff, right? But um, Which was one of the more interesting scenes in this entire thing. Yeah. And I'm like, why is it not filled with more things like this, that crashing the, uh, crashing the gate type thing right there? Mm-hmm. I loved how these guys are all getting shot down and there's people behind them to pick up that uh, that big box and keep going with it. I thought it was yep. a very interesting way. I love the way it was shot. It's very interesting. But there's there's not enough of that. Yeah, I agree. Right? That, that goes back to my point, right? Like, all of this stuff is very interesting for me as someone who's read books, but um, it could have been easily dropped, some of it, right? Like, like, there could have been more of that. It could have easily just been one movie uh, at, at a three-hour running time. And I think people would have gone to it even at a three-hour oh, yeah. running time, you know? Um, I mean, definitely people do that all the time. I mean, how many people went to see Interstellar, for fuck's sake? Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, or or even uh, Captain America, right, which was pushing two and a half uh, right at, right? Yeah, somewhere um, in the neighborhood. Uh, so, so I think it's just something. I mean, all the Transformers movies uh, push three hours. Yeah. Um, increasingly <laughs> push three hours. Um, and, and I think that they just did not acknowledge the fact that they could have done that. And, uh, that's a problem that they didn't address, uh, adequately, right? Like there's not enough stuff in this movie. The action stuff they have is good, but for a movie who's, uh, or for a movie whose two preceding entry entries have been focused on, uh, fights to the death um there's very little sense of uh, of that constant um terror that's inflicted by by that sort of environment right it's it's yeah. it's an invocation all the time but it's not necessarily uh showing us or demonstrating it as a real threat it's it's constantly invoked but not always There's actually present. Something around the corner, sort yeah. of. But you, you, right? You know it. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. But I think the the one of the things that got me about this movie is that it is it clocks in just at over two hours, and um, for a movie that is is is, is a decent length, and um, has a lot going for it, it doesn't. We don't really learn anything. Not a lot is really told to us. Not a lot is really, nothing, not a ton happens in this movie. And for something that is as long as it is, it like it felt like what happened here could have been crammed into an hour and a half. Not to say that, you know, oh, you could have cut X, Y, and Z out. Not necessarily. No, I, I don't think you need that, but it just didn't, it didn't impart anything things. new to us by any means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but overall, I did like it. 
right yeah uh, exactly I, and then i, I want to watch the next one i can't wait to watch the next one i just wish it had also just been this one precisely i think that's what a lot of people and yeah so i think people would just by listening to what we're talking about really think we're probably shitting on the movie and i did not hate this movie not by a long shot uh, but I didn't love it. I mean, and, and it does. It's got me enough to just go, I'll see what happens in the third movie. And I, I'm interested enough to see that because I do want to see how this thing concludes. And I think anybody who who does see this movie will do that as well. So, I mean, you're not going to, our shit one way or another is not going to sway anybody. But because right. if you've seen this, you're going to go see the second one. You just, you're this much invested. Even if this one was just an utter pile of crap, you'd still go watch the next one just to be like, oh, yeah. well, I got to finish it out. You know, it's well, like, I'm going to watch Expendables 4, ain't I? <laughs> Why not, right? <laughs> yeah, well, at least it's going to be rated R again. Is it? Good. I never what s- Stallone said, not to sidetrack us. But I yeah, never saw three. Right, like people are going to see this movie. In fact, uh, most people who will even listen to this episode have probably already seen it. Yeah. Um, which, you know, thanks for listening. because, <laughs> because <laughs> We appreciate uh, that. Lord, Lord knows you didn't have to to know whether or not uh, we, we liked it. But maybe you like listening to us talk about stuff. Yeah, that's I mean, cool, too. Well, I mean, that's the point. Yeah, More than exactly. us telling you whether something's good. It's like yeah. telling you what we thought. <laughs> no one's listening to this going, I got to hear their takes. They just yeah. they just want to go, you know, because I'm not making well, a decision. Especially until now I... that I pan Birdman. I'm not going to listen to what Adam and Matt. I, I, I'm not going to go watch this until I hear what Adam and Matt have to say about I it. I really liked Birdman and that fact. <laughs> Fuck did not. <laughs> Forget it. I'm out. The film find at gmail.com. Go and email <laughs> us and just tell us tell us why Matt's wrong. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I'll ignore you, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm the only one who gets the email, so don't worry. <laughs> I'll forward them to him though. Yeah, uh, let's talk I'll read about them like celebrity mean tweets. <laughs> exactly. Mm, little tear. Um, let's talk about this real quick. Um, All right. Let's talk about the. Um, and this is kind of it bothered me a little bit in this and i and i understand and maybe you can bring in a little something from a more historical uh aspect here being the learned man that you are um so a big portion of this movie talks about how they want to get Cadness to be the uh the mockingjay to be this symbol uh, mm-hmm. For for this revolution to be able to go through, and uh, they essentially <laughs> this movie is about the making of propaganda films. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, while interesting in the way that you need to uh, you know help start this revolution and stuff. First of all, we never see any. We pretty much never see anyone else from any of these other districts seeing these things. They're implied that they see them, but we don't see them. We don't see people's reactions to them. There's no you know cut to somebody sitting at home watching the telescreen going. Look, that, that's that, that's the girl on fire right there. There's never any of that. Um, but I don't know, something about it, I mean, you know, because propaganda is what propaganda is, whether it's for good or for bad. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. what, what did that bother you? It bothered me for some reason. I don't know why, because it's like, you know, for what they're doing is right, but the way that they were going about it and how they were trying to manufacture this false thing, which has been done throughout history for both good and for ill, Mm-hmm. Um, what, how did you feel about that? Because it made me feel weird. Uh, it's the way revolutions work. You know, like like I didn't care that it was taking place. I mean, putting your position out there and trying to persuade people that your position makes more sense than an opposing position is, by definition, propaganda. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, this very podcast is propaganda. It's it's not necessarily political in nature, but it is us saying, like, here's why I didn't like this, or here's what I did like about this, and here are the reasons why, and maybe you'll agree with me. And maybe uh, because somebody listened to this 
decides to go on Rotten Tomatoes and click uh, like thumbs down or one star, whatever the fuck they click on that site uh, for <laughs> user ratings, right? Uh, no, I didn't like this movie. Matt was right. He, he persuaded me as to why, even though I was on the fence, I didn't like it as much as I thought I did kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, it didn't bother me at all. Uh, I think increasingly... Um, I mean, I mean, here in here in the United States, in particular, we have an interesting uh, history with propaganda. Yeah. Um, having having developed very early on uh, the very same uh, system of government as well as economic system that has been here since uh, basically since the Constitution was ratified, um, right? A very general capitalist uh, persuasion, as well as the representative democracy that's just as dysfunctional now as it was in the 1700s when it was first implemented. <laughs> um, uh, it's Since we have this long history where this is the identity we have, anything that gets made outside of that historically to us is perceived negatively, right? So... So the reason that socialism in the United States has a bad rap uh, for conservatives, for example, is going all the way back to the, to the Russian Revolution, right, uh, and the onslaught of uh, communism throughout Eastern Europe. Uh, it goes back to World War II and the dissemination of Nazi propaganda, right? We have this kind of ingrained dissuasion toward like anything that's coming on at us and telling us that we're maybe not right. And in those two instances, okay, sure, fine. Right. But we have this like ingrained cultural thing uh, because unlike most other countries, uh, we've had the same exact systems in place for much longer than they have. Uh, we, we tend to forget that politically, um, although not necessarily historically, but definitely politically, the United States has had the same identity much longer than most other, even, even Western uh, civilized uh, countries, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that the civilized thing is problematic. Please don't fucking tweet me about it. <laughs> it has nothing to do, it's talking about our ideology, which is that we are the civilized ones, right? Of course. Um, that's what I'm getting at there. So, so we have this kind of ingrained and so i think part of where your distaste for this coming out of this movie is uh, is that right Mm -hmm. um that we have these negative connotations like propaganda is always bad and it's because anytime people talk about propaganda it's always in a negative sense it's always nazis it's always communists it's always that other thing that is anti-american right it's isil it's isis it's whoever the fuck is out there right (laughs) yeah so, so I think that's part of it. Okay. Well, that makes it. I mean, that makes sense. That kind of does frame it, and that's and that's. So you you kind of have answered my question there, and so that that does. And I guess mostly it just seemed like I. I mean, I suppose because yeah, I mean, propaganda is propaganda. I mean, it, it is what it is. Good for, for good for ill. Um, I guess in this particular case, maybe because especially at the beginning, like nothing came from a uh from a proper place for her. 
like her kind of faking it at, at the beginning of this, like, hey, you're holding this flag and everything amongst this CGI battlefield in the background and everything, and how they manufactured, you know, quote-unquote, manufactured these feelings within her by taking her out to these places and stuff. Maybe, I guess, because the reason that it hit me, because it just didn't necessarily, f- not that the message per se, but the 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 way with which the message was garnered uh, seemed false. Maybe that's, I think that may be my my biggest thing as to where it just seemed like, you know, they're trying to pull this out of her and only to get, you know, to these means, which which may be, which in their particular case are means, you know, to a, to a good end, but seemed like they came out of a, a falsity. Yeah. But, you know, it, it is what it is. And so let me ask you this, folks. If you, if you listen this far, let me ask you, is there any other podcast that you've listened to that have talked about this movie that have like pulled up some like you know some fucking Lenny Riefenstahl and uh, fucking Frank Capper shit? Who the fuck else is doing that on here? That's what we're doing, bitches. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> and I think and I think people need to know the United States has has a very long history of propagandizing oh, yeah. as well, right? Like Absolutely. Frank, Frank Capra, uh, as, as you just mentioned, right? He he directed dozens of propaganda films during World War II, um, directed at Americans. Because Americans didn't want to fight World War II because we didn't give a shit. Yeah. Right? Uh, so, so just when we think about our own romanticized versions of our, of our past, like, that's also part of it. Um, and, and, you know, I doubt, I doubt anyone out there is actually talking about this shit in relation to, to Hunger Games. Uh, but they damn well should be. They should be. I think it's an interesting subject that needs to be talked about more. And that's and honestly, that's why I brought it up, because I think it could... I think this could definitely bring up some good conversation. It, it did clearly here, and so talk about it with people that you know. See, drop some fucking knowledge on people. See what happens. You get some very interesting conversations with people. That much is mm-hmm. for sure. Definitely. Uh, so let's wrap this bad boy up here, Matt. So uh, what's your uh, final thoughts here on uh, The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1? Very enjoyable. Uh, I don't know. I, it's, the, it's my least favorite of the ones so far because it's incomplete. And and could have very easily been. I feel. I'm pretty much going to echo that, that exact. It's exact good. sentiment. Yeah, I, I liked it. Uh, it. It is the least favorite uh, of them for me. But again, the the reason for that is is because it is it is clearly the half of a whole. And uh, you're right. Unlike the Lord of the Rings films, that like even at the end of each one of those, it seems like, hey, here's a logical conclusion for this particular one right here. Uh, Empire, you know, A New Hope, Empire. They they all had like endings that say, hey, this here is the ending. There's clearly something to be coming later, but this is the ending. And uh, it didn't feel like that with this. It was kind of a, a crap coda. I didn't particularly care for it. Uh, real quick, before I finish this up, though, I do want to talk about my experience uh, because. Um, it turns out a couple of miles up from me here, up in uh, you know I live in Charlotte, up in Burkdale, which is about eh, not too not too much further up uh, north from me, but uh, they uh, they finally got an RPX theater, uh, so mm-hmm. this is my first RPX experience, and uh, so their thing at Regal there is is RPX the best cinema experience you'll ever have or your uh, next movies on us, well, I, I got a new ticket. Um, <laughs> Um, you know, it's like, hey, look, we got a bigger screen. Well, the screen is pretty much like all the, you know, kind of faux maxes out there. It's just ceiling to floor sort of deal. And so I had a problem with that because it's a 235 movie presented on a 185 screen. Me no lucky that. I don't like things that are not <laughs> matted properly. I get very upset with that. And I argue with people and they don't know what I'm talking about. Therefore, the people that run movie theaters are fucking idiots. That being said, 
Uh, the sound was decent. Didn't blow me away like I was really hoping it would be because you can see they have like the, the upper and lower channels and stuff as well and upper and lower back channels all the way around. Uh, no Atmos, which I was really kind of hoping for and maybe that was my kind of, that I didn't have that. But uh, didn't blow me away completely. I didn't really think the image was as, as, as crisp as uh, some of the other 4K uh, theaters that I've went to. So uh, seats were, you know, decently okay. But uh, I got to say, RBX for me so far in that particular theater, I can't speak for other ones. Not so much worth the extra money, so I, I got my money back on that one. So, but it didn't take it didn't it certainly didn't add to any extra enjoyment that I would have had with this movie. But uh, like you said before, uh, you know you're not gonna not go see the next one because uh, it is what it is, and it's is enjoyable. And I do want to see how this goes out. And you know, while I'm not a big reader of Young Lit, uh, I would I don't know that I would necessarily not mind reading these books because uh, I I bet there's a lot of information in here that is not really. Uh, well evident within the movies themselves so who knows yep. i might pick up a book i know i it's, get a lot of shit on all my podcasts for not reading enough so <laughs> they're they're not uh they're not bad they're they're enjoyable actually and they're very quick because they're young adult novels yeah they ain't no twilight i tell you that much you've read those too right or at least a couple fuck no <laughs> i haven't even read the harry potter books i, I gotta tell you everybody tells me that um like J.K. Rowling's prose gets better as the series goes on. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I can't make it through the first fucking book. I tried to. I really did. But like part of it for me was like it did seem kitty. And second of all, I was just like, well, Chris Columbus clearly adapted this pretty well because all this is pretty much. I'm like, I give up. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, that's our review for uh, the Hunger Games. Um, Mockingjay Part 1. Uh, let us know what you think about this movie. I, uh, the film find at gmail.com. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you didn't like. If you agree with us, disagree with us, think we're morons. If Matt, if Matt's Birdman review upset you, please write us. The film find at gmail.com. Um, go uh, take your time out uh, and uh, go review us on iTunes. We're really back in this, you know, week after week here. Uh, we're back into the groove. We like it. Uh, it is fun. We hope you enjoy listening yeah. to it. Uh, so if you do we got a slam bang episode coming next boom week. yeah so uh, go review us on iTunes uh, thefilmfind.com all the links for everything are up there uh, next week uh, we're going to be looking at uh, we're going to go see the Penguins of Madagascar what's up Penguins of Madagascar mm, yeah we, I, I'm we sorry we might not curse during that episode maybe I don't know I we, do it on the Hero Movie Podcast this is my outlet to curse though. <laughs> yeah I know but you know maybe we'll get some like you never know we'll do that to try and listen and then uh, then we're going <laughs> to <laughs> then, then we'll be right back to cursing because our other movie. Yeah, exactly. Because our other movie, we're going to be talking about. Um, we're going to talk about the Stephen Hawking's. What's it called again? The Theory of Everything. Everything. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the Theory of Everything. We're going to check that out. Uh, I have a feeling mostly we're going to talk about Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, probably. And which I, I've I've kind of liked what he's he's kind of uh, he's kind of jumped out in the scene the last like two years. Les Mis really kind of kicked that off for that cat. But uh, I dig what he does. So uh, that'll be interesting to look at that. Um, we're also. Uh, It'll probably be just a quick what you've been watching sort of thing, but uh, I know I'm going to be watching Horrible Bosses too as well. So, uh, so we're going to be we're going to be talking about all three of those films next week, next week in uh, one matter or another. So uh, please stay subscribed. Tell your friends. Tell your mama. Tell anybody that you know to check it out and uh, do that. Matt, where can we find more of your work on the internet this week, sir? Uh, well, um, I'll probably bleed followers because I've been tweeting about Ferguson, but <laughs> at Matt underscore. <laughs> Boyd underscore Smith is me on Twitter. Uh, and then I'm blogging constantly, uh, or at least trying to, at conspiracymediatheory.tumblr.com. And there will be more stuff on the split screen soon, so you can check that out too. 
Very excellent, sir. And as always, you can follow me on the tweets at Adam Portress at the Film Find, and uh, listen to my other podcasts, Hero Movie Podcast, HeroMoviePodcast.com, and follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Hero Movie Pod on both of those. Next week coming up, we uh, well, we just dropped our Flash episode this week. Next week, we're doing uh, our Stephen or uh, well, Stephen Strange. Stephen Strange is the character, but Doctor Strange, the uh, TV movie that was supposed to be kind of the pilot for uh, you know a supposed show, but but uh, that movie didn't turn out so well. So uh, we're going to be talking about that. It's available on YouTube. Go watch it if you uh, if you have the stomach for it. But uh, we'll be talking about that. So uh, until next week, everybody, for Matt Smith, I'm Adam Fortress. Take it easy.
don't know that I want to play a Lord song because I don't know really who that is. Like I know who it is just as a as a general idea. I couldn't point Lord out of a out of a out of a lineup to you. She's good. I, I don't. I mean, but and and this is going to sound like a real asshole move, and maybe it's just me just trying to be you know punk rock. But she just sounds like her Rihanna. They all goddamn sound the same to me. No, she sounds nothing like Rihanna. I mean, well, it's just all that processed bullcrap kind of sound where I just don't no, like. Hers it. is the shit. Mm. Anyway, um, I just don't get. Look, I like Jennifer Lawrence, but I think I'm a little bit over her. Uh, I think so too. I I, I enjoy her. Here, I think she's also a gr- was she she was not even performing. I felt like sometimes the same character that she had been performing in other in the other films. She seems so vacant. It didn't seem like there was a lot going on upstairs. I, I don't know what's going on. And you're right. Her. It didn't seem like but, that. It didn't but you seem know like what? the same like, person. Like where I started to turn was uh, like like American Hustle. I just fucking loathed her performance in that movie so much. She was so bad. And well, the problem is loved her. The problem is, was Amy Adams was running fucking circles around her. Oh yeah, I know. That was that was the problem she, with that. If it was her alone, she'd have looked a lot better. But man, those two those two ran circles around her and made her look terrible. They made they made everyone look terrible. They made that movie look bad because they weren't the focus of it as much. They're like, okay, we got these other two. They're uh, they're okay. There's these great side characters. Like, no, these are these are the two best actors you got here, and they're really kind of running school on all you fools. Yes. So sorry about that. I don't know. What's David O. Russell got down the pipe? What's he doing next? Oh, I don't. I don't know. His his uh, movie that was supposed to not come out is apparently going to come out. I saw that. Um, I don't know what he is going on. Let's see. Um, whatever the fuck joy is, a story based on the life of struggling Long Island single mom who became. One of the country's most successful entrepreneurs. Boring. Guess who's starring? Jennifer Lawrence. And? Oh, Bradley Cooper. You gotta have Bradley Cooper in it, right? And? Who's the other third that's been in the other two movies with them? Here I am. Here I am. Gonna do a little bit about Joy. Joy's here. (laughs) Joy is over in the corner. Joy, excuse me. Excuse me, Joy. Joy, did I tell you you could talk right now? <laughs> did I tell you you could fucking talk right now? Joy, go get my bat. <laughs> and he just beats him in the face. Yeah, so so there you go. It's uh, Good Lord, uh, December 15, 2015? Jesus, so this isn't even in pre. Yeah, no, it's going into pre, or it's in pre. Jesus, fucking hey. Get on it, man. Nailed. Was that the flick that he, that, that he done did but hadn't isn't coming out? Yeah. That's the one. They shot it in Columbia, SC. 26 mil. That ain't much of nothing. No. Tracy Morgan's in that one. Yeah. That movie's uh, his last, um, like, comedy. I was uh, flipping through this thing really quick. It, it, it's Michael Harding. I thought it was Werner Herzog because it, like, it switched on the <laughs> iPad. I was like, Werner Herzog's in this movie? What? Oh, it's funny. not. <laughs> it's like, oh, I got sighted for half a second. And I was just like, somebody's going to be evil. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. Other motherfuckers, I don't know. Anyways. All right. Talk about an overrated director. <laughs> David O. Russell? Yeah. Silver I... Linings was just nothing for me. 
American, uh, like uh, American Hustle was like, you know, we talked about that. The fighter, outside of uh, outside of Christian Bale's performance, I mean, you take Christian Bale away from that, you lose an entire star from that movie for me. Yeah, yeah. He just, he I think it's, I think it's engaging, right? But it's a good idea, but, but like outside of but his really performance, like, it's kind of boring. But I really like Three Kings and I Heart Huckabees. And I still haven't seen I Heart Huckabees, but yeah, you know, Three Kings. I'll, I'll give you Three Kings. And like those two are the ones. I mean, flirting with disasters, all right, but it's very nineties. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I get that. You know, it's like not just the cast, but also just the like. Yeah, this is fucking Miramax indie shit, right? Yeah, it's it's that era, that whole you know, it's it's that it's uh, the whole you know, the spanking the monkey. That's all that that kind of. It's just that fucking era. Yeah. Right, and you know it's got Stiller and Patricia Arquette. Like, you know, it's a very nineties. It's got all the nineties indie darlings. You know, yeah, exactly. Talking so. to you from a wheelchair. I don't know. I just and now and, and I don't know. I don't know enough about his life. It, he has had to be an asshole at sometimes. He seems like. I mean, maybe it's just the wheelchair. Pers- I mean, I, this is gonna sound like a fucking dick. Whatever, but. It seems like maybe just because of the the roboticness, not to you know put a too fine a point on it, uh, of the voice of the thing. I don't know. It just seems like his attitude for everything seems like he's a dick. Mm-hmm. I mean, and a lot of smart people are dicks because they're like, hey, I know better than all of you, so because I am smarter than you, so and 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 some reasons they're correct, but in other reasons it's just like, yeah, but you're socially inept fuck. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to show. I, I don't know if there if there are warts to show. But I want to. I'm interested to see if there is a warts in all sort of story that like maybe he was kind of a dick at sometimes. But it like the trailer does not seem to show that. No, because I want I want the like I want biopics to show me something as you know an unfiltered sort of thing. I want to see you know the Steve Jobs Filters. picks where Steve Jobs picks was kind of an asshole. You know, because he was. Yeah. He was a he was a genius guy, but he was a bit of a dick too. And I, I want them to show everything. So I just don't want to watch anything about Steve Jobs. I mean I <laughs> and, and I'm a fucking Apple guy. And I have zero fucking interest. I I'd, I was interested with uh with Christian Bale, but then again, I mean it's it's really tough because Pirates of Silicon Valley was so fucking good. Yeah. It was so yeah. good. And that one was on fucking TNT. T and fucking T, man. Here's <laughs> Here's the other thing. Uh, can we just talk for a minute about outside of uh, Michael Hall, right? Mm-hmm. Can, can we talk about how Justin Long has been the best Steve Jobs? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I just i I thought it was hilarious what they did there with that with that movie. They're yeah, just, they're I like, thought I, I thought I Jobs was funny as shit. They were like, "We're gonna take this. We're gonna we're gonna be the first Jobs movies out there, and we're just gonna go straight from the book." It's not necessarily intended to be funny to begin with, but it's going to become funny because it's not. Yeah. And that's what's kind of amazing. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't know why. It's like one of these things that on paper, when you look at it, it's like, none of this should work. No, and it does, though. But it but it completely does. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. 